Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Okay, welcome to the show. It is Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. ESPN2, ESPNU, Sirius XM80, ESPN app, and all of our great ESPN stations across the country. She is Michelle Smallman. He is Chris Canty. I am Evan Cohen. We are unsportsmanlike on the day after all four, all four baseball series come to an end. Not one, not two, not three, but all four of them. So congratulations to the Rangers, to the Twins, to the Diamondbacks, and the Phillies. You heard all the action here on ESPN Radio. You'll have all the action with the next round with Minnesota at Houston, Texas at Baltimore, Philly at Atlanta, Arizona, and the Dodgers on Saturday, all on ESPN Radio. But I got to ask, this is what was supposed to be in terms of, hey, we're supposed to have the excitement. We're supposed to have the fun. It's a three-game series. One game's too short. Two games is so long now. <laughs> All four? I mean, you either want one elimination NCAA tournament style or full three as if it's a series. Are we comfortable with what we're looking at here with all four being done in two games? No, I actually like the fact that it's not game 163 and that every team has an opportunity to have a three-game sample size to prove that you can win two and that you deserve the opportunity to advance. Because one game is a fluke, right? Like, anything can happen in one game of baseball, but when you have to talk about start winning two best of, best of three, then all of a sudden the law of averages has a better chance of playing out and the cream rises to the top. So not to say that a team can't get hot or that you know you can't have the top two aces that's of your staff go out and pitch dominant baseball like we saw with the Phillies with mm-hmm. with Wheeler and Nola but but I look at it as a situation where you have more of an opportunity to see who the best team is who can present the most fight as we move through the postseason by having a best of three as opposed to just one wild card elimination game I absolutely agree if it's my team that's playing in this series I want them to get the opportunity for three I know that the drama's there with 163 because it's it's win or go home um, but I think this is going to be the outlier guys I don't think that we're going to see moving forward all all four series be swept two nothing by by one team I think you know as we move forward in baseball it's going to have some more drama most postseason baseball does have drama so this was a bit surprising yeah I mean well, we had none of it right I mean Texas beat Tampa 7-1 in front of 20 1,198. So we increased from yesterday. I said to you guys the over under 20,000. Where are we going? I think all three of us said a little bit under. 81% of capacity. Minnesota shuts out Toronto 2 nothing. Toronto had nine hits in the game. Didn't score a run. They scored one run total in two games. See, that's where it's like I would rather have that one game, right? Because <laughs> mm-hmm. it's not like you got much from them after that. Arizona down 2 nothing last night after being down 3 nothing the night before against Milwaukee. Comes back. They win. So that's the storyline there. And then we get to one Pat Costello, <laughs> uh, producer of this show. One of our producers of the show is a huge Philadelphia fan. His team wins 7-1 last night. It was a big debate. Does Pat go to the game? Does he not go to the game? He decides to go to the game. How was it? How was the experience, Pat? The game was unreal. I don't regret a single thing, except I can barely keep my eyes open currently. Great. No, we just have a national radio and TV show. No big deal. But he can't <laughs> keep it. I actually think you should sleep during the show. 
I think you should actually take a nap, and we should let Javante and Nuno and Jerry all do whatever they want to you while you're sleeping. Draw on your face, put shaving cream on you. Yeah, I mean, how about the travel? I mean, we see that your video there from Instagram, at Unsports ESPN, for all of our social. How did how did the travel go for you last night in getting there? Because we were all rooting for traffic. Getting to <laughs> Philly was awful. It was absolutely it was, The traffic was abysmal. I was basically driving through New York at rush hour, so don't do that. Uh, it was about eight hours total of driving, all said and done. Not very fun. The game itself, though, amazing. Bryson Stott hitting that grand slam was the third loudest moment of my entire life. So you have loud that. moment <laughs> ranked. Well, yeah, what, we need yeah. the top two then. What all are the of top them two? are Phillies. The first one was Bryce Harper's home run in the NLCS. The second one was the uh, the Reese Hoskins home run where he slammed the bat. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I was there for both of those, and I was there last night for for that. That's such an interesting thing. Do you guys have loud rankings? Yeah. I mean, I know know the two loudest moments I've ever been a part of. Okay. Number one, David Freeze, game six. Okay. Bush Stadium, World Series. All right. Um, I thought that the place was going to absolutely explode. Like, you're worried Mm. about the foundation of the building because of the eruption that happens when the hometown kid has a shot to center field to advance to game seven. Um, the other one, Pat Maroon, another hometown hero, in Enterprise Center in St. Louis. They, I believe it was the Western Conference Finals, Game 6, overtime. And it's the hometown kid, the big rig Pat Maroon, that pops it in to help the Blues advance. So, again, they hadn't won the Stanley Cup before. I thought that that place was going to absolutely – it was one of those things where it's so loud that it rings in your ears. You can't even really capture the decibel level because it's just – like exceedingly loud white noise at that point. I I, I never thought about this in my entire yeah, life until right now. Until Pat just walked us into this, but now I have a couple. I'm thinking about this. Mm. I was at the LJ four point play game. Knicks Pacers. Really? Yeah, I yeah. remember that. What was so, that? Ninety nine. Ninety nine. Yeah, right. exactly. And, yeah. and that place was. At, it was the Eastern Conference Finals. Knicks and the Pacers. Larry Johnson had a four point play for the Knicks. The place went absolutely crazy. And then you walk on the street on Seventh Avenue in front of Thirty Third Street and Seventh Ave, like that intersection. The entire street was filled with go New York, go New York, go. it was crazy. Oh, fun. Yeah, and then anytime you go to Camp Randall, where I went to college, University of Wisconsin, at the end of the third quarter, jump around, unbelievable. Although, didn't you guys come out the stronger? Was it, were you on that Giants team that came out the stronger, uh, the song? I was not. Uh, that I was, was the, not. That was that, the first That one? was the first Super Bowl. That was that one was of the, the louder moments. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Do you remember the loudest moment of your career? No, I don't. That's, the, that's, the, that's thing, the crazy but... part. I don't remember the loudest moment, but I do remember the loudest stadiums. Like Seattle, really loud. Fans are on top of you. Baltimore, M&T Bank Stadium, really loud place to play. Like There are certain places, certain sporting venues where it's just loud and it's insane. Clemson, down at Death Valley, yeah. Memorial Stadium, like, unbelievably loud, especially if you're playing down there at night. So like there are certain venues that I played at that I remember it being loud, but I don't know if there is – a couple of loud moments that I could pinpoint throughout Pat, my play. But Pat had them ranked. I mean, <laughs> but, keeps but, it in but, his back but it's not. But it's not hard to have them ranked when they're Philly sports moments. It's I know it's such a weird I mean, thing listen, to have ranked. Last night, watching the stat shot on TV in the yeah. sixth inning, like that looked unbelievable. So it was totally worth it for Pat to drive down there. Oh yeah, because of what the environment was, and the game wasn't in doubt in that moment. Like, we knew the Phillies were going to win based on the complexion of the first five innings. It was just a matter of what it was looked like, and that was the exclamation point for the Phillies and for Philadelphia sports fans. Now, their uh, their prize for being able to move on in the playoffs is getting the Atlanta Braves. Yeah, good, good luck, luck with that. that. Have fun. Good luck, good Have luck fun. with that. I'll give you one other loud moment. I remember, I, I just remembered this. I called the game play-by-play college basketball, Florida Atlantic University, at Oklahoma State. 
and the broadcast crew is like inches away from the fans. They are so loud there, and it's actually scary because wow. you're sitting right next to the, the fans. I mean, I wasn't anything that they were paying attention to, but it, there's Oklahoma State basketball. You would never expect to be loud. Very loud venue. It's going to be loud in Chicago. I promise you that if they <laughs> lose tonight. Uh, we have Thursday night football tonight with the Bears and the Commanders. And, guys, I mean, we are already here when it comes to the hot seat with Matter Eberflus, the head coach of the Chicago Bears. They're on the road tonight at the Commanders. If they lose tonight, they are 0-5. But even more so, they have a gap between this game and the next game, right? They have an extra amount of time where we always see the head coaching terminations when we have a little bit more time for the interim coach to get his game plan in, to meet some of the people that they need to meet. And I know normally they're there, but it's different when you're on the offense or defensive side of the ball and then you become the head coach. Yeah. I mean, is this fair to start speculating about this, CeCe? Uh, I don't think it is because what are you moving on to? Who Who's the hot coaching candidate that's on the staff that you got to get you an extended look at? You don't have I one. mean, do, do, Luke Getze? Is, no. is that the guy? I mean, Allen Williams, the defensive coordinator, bounced in the middle of the season. <laughs> so, like, who is the coach that's on the staff that you have to look at? There's nobody there. And then who's the coaching candidate that's not employed that's going to be a hot name during the next NFL hiring cycle? I don't know who it is. Who's the guy that's not in coaching that we anticipate getting back in coaching? It ain't like Sean Payton is out there like he was last year working for another network doing television. So I guess for me, it makes sense to allow Matt Eberflus to ride this thing out. Your organization is already a dumpster fire. You already got so much other things going on. Why add an extra degree of difficulty, another layer on top of that with firing your head coach after the first five games? Another layer of drama as well. Yeah. You know, if I'm Chicago at this point, I realize that we're not going to be able to right the ship. And if that's the case, then you're wanting to tank. You're wanting it to be bad. If Matt Everflus isn't doing a good job and Justin Fields isn't the person, don't you want to continue that so that you get the first, you get the pick that you want and you can go out there and acquire the talent that you want? And to your point, Cece, if you make the change now, who are you going to put in that place? It's, yeah. it's just going to make it even more dramatic and even more complicated in Chicago. And if you're ownership, I don't know why you'd want to do well, that. Well, here's the thing. I think they need to stay with Matt Eberflus. And I'm not saying that things are going to get turned around because you have stability at the head coaching spot because I don't think that's the case. And I don't think you need Matt Eberflus to guarantee that you're going to have one of the worst records in all of football. But I just think you don't need the drama to your point. But the person that they do need to be looking to move on from is Justin Fields. I think the Chicago Bears, if they lose this game tonight, have to entertain potentially trading Justin Fields to a team that's looking to upgrade at the quarterback position. Because what's the sense in devaluing an asset, a guy that still has a lot of upside, a guy that people still want to hang on to his potential because some of the splash plays we see him make, like what we saw Sunday against the Denver Broncos, why not look to move off of Justin Fields sooner rather than later, knowing that he's been one of the most contacted quarterbacks since he's come into the league, and there's the potential for him to get hurt as the season continues to unravel, as things continue to devolve? I have an awful answer for you that everybody in Chicago on ESPN 1000, Cap and Jay Hood coming up after us this morning is going to hate. Because if Justin Fields leads to losing, you keep him. And that's the answer. Because they need to get the number one pick in the draft, mm-hmm. right? So you don't trade him out of the risk that someone else could do better. It's a horrible answer, but he's he's kind of leading you to the promised land, which is Caleb Williams. So, so you think somebody else, the backup quarterback, is going to step in and do better? I mean, how can they do worse? Well, I, I mean, I guess th- that's my point. Like, I, I think it's going to be. Do you want to? Let's. I don't think changing way. quarterbacks changes the fate of this team. The well, problems with the organization yeah. go deeper than just Justin Fields. Now, I get it, Justin Fields. May not be the genesis of all the issues, but he's not the solution, much in the same way like we talk about Daniel Jones. So I don't think it really matters 
who the guy under center is for the Bears, they're going to do a lot of losing this year. Well, then that then it doesn't matter, right? So That's if, you're, my point. if you're telling me option A that they currently have is Justin Fields and they're winless. If they go to option B, they're still going to be winless. Ty, but they here, can, here are options B and C: right. Tyson Bajan and Nathan Peterman. Those well, are Nathan options. Peterman those will are, guarantee those are, those you where you want to go. B and C. He will guarantee yeah, yeah, yeah. you. There's no. What's more of a guarantee? Brady takes you to the Super Bowl, or Peterman takes you to number one overall. Peterman, because <laughs> there were years that Brady didn't technically go to the Super yeah, Bowl. Exactly, I guess. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, there we go tonight. We've got uh, Thursday night football between the Commanders and the Bears, where there's speculation potentially could Matt Eberflus be on the hot seat. Baseball is now off for a couple of days until Saturday. After all four series last night went and finished in two games total. It's a best of three. Two games, you win, it's over with. Maybe, arguably, they should have done a game 163. Nobody seems to agree with that, but obviously they wish they probably could have gotten a game three with at least one of these series. Coming up next, Marshawn Lynch spoke about his relationship with Russ and when it all changed. We'll get to that next on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small, and when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus. Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. All four baseball series came to an end yesterday, 2-0 for all four of them. Of course, ESPN Radio is all your coverage beginning on Saturday of the next round here of the postseason. Well, um, Russell Wilson is always a hot topic, right? He's seemingly become a lightning rod, the Broncos quarterback. But so much of it dates back to his days in Seattle. That underdog story, third-round pick coming out of NC State, then Wisconsin, to the NFL. And the relationships he has in his life are maybe more dissected, dissected than any other quarterback we've seen. Maybe even more than Brady. It's who he's friends with 
who he's dating and married to, obviously now with Sierra, who she formerly was with with Future and that whole thing. I mean, no, I'm serious. You're shaking your head. No, we, you're right. You're not it's, wrong. It's like talked about all the time in a way that we don't really talk about other people because people just, I don't know why, they don't like him so much. And including maybe his teammates. Maybe we do know why. We'll find out in a second here. So Marshawn Lynch, of course, all-time great running back uh, for Seattle, was on Club Shay Shay with Shannon Sharp. Uh, by the way, Shannon, if you're watching and listening, there's a guest over here that maybe you could have on. I'm just hey, saying. come on. Uh, I'm trying to get on Club Shay Shay, man. I feel like Club Shay Shay being on means you officially made it. Am you I wrong? Am yeah. I wrong in looking at that, Smalls? No. Yeah. He, you're sitting there, you're having a drink by the fire yeah. and the big chairs. It looks what's, very what's the luxurious. Has, La Portier, Cognac, yeah, right? come on. Hey, I'll take a it. bottle of that too, huh? I mean, just anytime now. If you want to want to get a couple bottles for the show, we'd appreciate that. I don't know. I thought getting here was kind of making it, but I guess not. <laughs> no, 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 no. There's, no, there's, 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 there's levels to this. This is great, but being on Club Shay Shay is, 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 is a little, That's off, how I feel a little further about, up the mountaintop. That's how I feel about Watch What Happens Live with Andy Cohen. Now, that I would feel like is making it. But, Andy, I mean, you if ha- you're you, listening. But you hang out with Andy Cohen. So I've I mean, never you, hung out with Andy. I've interviewed him those, once. Those are your people. How was John Mayer last night? I didn't want to talk about it. Oh, okay. No, there was a concert at the Garden. I know there's a lot of rumors, page six, about Smalls That's and Mayer. That's a great point. That's a great point. throwing that out there. Yeah. So Marshawn was on Club Shay Shay, and he discussed his relationship with uh, Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll. Let's take a listen. Look, man, I'm gonna tell you straight up. I'm, I'm, I'm not the. I wouldn't be the, the, the right person to, to speak on their relationship because I didn't, like, I didn't, I didn't f- with them. You feel what I'm saying? So you didn't mess with who? I didn't f- with, with Pete. Uh-huh. And then I mean, you know, Russ was like just a quarterback for me. Right. Yeah, you know I mean, so it wasn't as you didn't have no relationship. You didn't have no kind of a relationship. Y'all didn't, y'all didn't like go to a go go to a party. Y'all didn't get together. Y'all didn't. Doing it, y'all didn't kick it like that. So the thing is, Eric, I mean, you know, I respect Russell as you know, feel me as a player and as a teammate, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, anything that I say, you feel me, because of the situation, you know, throwing the pick on the goal line, not giving me the ball, this, that, and the third, him, you know, leaving from Seattle, you know, going over to anything that I say is gonna come off as you know malice or as if I'm you know a hater or right. because I mean you know what I you know I, I I'll take Russ and I'll put him right there at quarterback and I'll rock with him right. because I have done that right but I mean you know as far as anything else it's like it, there's y'all no, didn't have a relationship outside of football no nah, there's no I mean it can't right. pick up the phone and and, and, and call oh right. boy or nothing right and then I mean you know what you mean you couldn't pick up the phone I mean I don't got a number oh Okay, so that's a lot, right? But wait, there's more. More Marshawn Lynch. When did the relationship with his teammate change? Let's take a listen. We had a situation in practice, and, uh, I mean, like being accountable was something big for us. Yes. That was that was probably the number one thing. That, that's the rock. That, that's the ethos. That's the foundation of which it's built. If I had a practice and uh, Pete wasn't holding them accountable, Sherm, you know what I mean, spoke up. Uh, uh, a couple of D linemen spoke up, and... He called up practice. We went into this little, we call it the Kumbaya room. We went in there to Kumbaya, and uh, Pete tell him, like, hey, you know, uh, nobody going to talk to Russell. Uh, if, it, if, if, if anybody got something to say to Russell, come talk to me. Come talk to, you know, the quarterback. But nobody going to talk to him. And that was when, that, I mean, where that, where that started. Because it was like, well, hold on. What you mean you can't talk to anybody? Can go and you know I mean, talk this, to this that kind of zone, yeah. this that kind of team. But you, you know, you kind of putting him, you know what I mean, on the pedestal or outside the, you know what I mean, outside of the, the box, and it's like he not, he don't have to be held accountable to the same that we do. What the fuck is that? Okay, a lot, to, a lot <laughs> to a digest lot there. there. Yeah. A lot to digest. Lot so there. relationships 
at the workplace mm-hmm. matter at work? Do they matter outside of the work is a question. And does it matter the role you have relative to the relationships, you see? So in this specific case, like, I don't know that you're best friends with Tuck or Strahan or any of the guys that you played with. We know you're close with OC. He's been on our show. Mm-hmm. You were a defensive lineman. Does quarterback matter? Does position matter? The relationships amongst the team within the workplace, do they matter and how do they matter? Well, let me start by saying this. I've never had to go through a liaison to talk to any one of my teammates. If I had to get my issue with a guy, I could go directly to that guy. And if I didn't have his number in my phone, I knew who to call to get somebody's number. And I can guarantee that my teammate wasn't going to call me back from a blocked phone number. And that was the situation that Marshawn was describing. He wanted to be there for Russell Wilson after a bad game, and Russ called him back from a blocked number. He didn't know who it was. So there are so many different issues when it comes to the dynamic that Marshawn and other Seattle Seahawks players past have described. And I just don't understand how you can operate like that when you are in a leadership position by nature. Quarterback is different than the other 52 guys in the locker room. He's an extension of the coaching staff, but he's also a conduit for the locker room to get their information, their messages to the coaching staff, to the front office, to ownership. So it's it's the de facto CEO of an organization. And the fact that Russ was operating like this in Seattle, and then we heard the story about what happened in Denver where he had the office um, where the coaching staff was, and, and he was kind of separating himself from teammates, th- th- that's not – conduct from the top leadership position in the locker room. Now, I've never played with a teammate that had this much negative stuff come out about him post-playing career. And I played with El Dorado Owens. For those of you that don't know, that's T.O. Like, I played with T.O. three years in Dallas. And a lot of people have a lot of opinions about T.O., but I've never heard as many former teammates come out against him as I've heard former teammates come out about Russell Wilson. There is a problem when it comes to the kind of teammate he is. Maybe not the person, maybe not the overall character, but when we're talking about sports character, it's a very different thing. How you relate to your teammates matters a lot, especially when you're the quarterback. I don't even think he was trying to relate to his teammates, which is the problem. He was isolating himself because he felt like he was on a different level than his teammates. And there's there's a lot to unpack with the comments that Marshawn Lynch made there. But I want to point out one thing, because I watched the entire interview. He was very careful in the way he chose his words, Marshawn Lynch. You could tell that there was much more that he wanted to say and much he wanted to be as forthcoming as he could in sharing his experience. But I bet if you got him there without any cameras and you were like, tell me all the stories, that it's way worse than he let on. Like, he knows that the cameras are rolling. He even said, anything that I say is going to be taken a certain type of way because of what happened in the Super Bowl and because people are going to think that there's some sort of malice here. And he's just trying to explain his experience. But I have talked to a lot of players. you played, you've talked to a lot of players. When you talk about Tom Brady, people that played with Tom Brady always talk about how he was the first person to come up to you when you got you know drafted by the Patriots or traded to the Patriots. He's the first person to say, hey, I'm Tom, yeah. and introduce himself. And this is what we're talking about, the GOAT, a guy who's had unprecedented success. And he is on the same level as everybody else, welcoming everybody else. 100%. And so I don't know why Russell Wilson thought that this was the great approach, that he was so special or he was so untouchable that he didn't want to bring himself to the same level as his teammates. And I'm a little surprised that Pete Carroll and the coaching staff would allow it to happen. Yeah, and here's the other thing. People always wonder why folks are so critical of Russ or why it seems like people don't want to like Russ. Authenticity is the ultimate currency now. Mm-hmm. And, and it's clear based on the comments from his former teammates that this dude is not genuine. He's not authentic. 
And that's why a lot of guys don't rock with him. And, and so I don't know how that type of persona and that type of you know behavior leads to sustained success in the NFL. And I think that's why we're starting to see things unravel as Russ's athletic ability is starting to decline. You have to rely on more guys in order to play and produce at the level that we once sure show, saw. Your game has to evolve and you have to become more dependent on others. And now that he's in that time and space – it's not going well for him. So I, I do think there's more there. And to your point, Marshawn did kind of tiptoe around things. But it's become obvious. Even though he didn't want to crush Rush, he ain't caping for Rush in this interview. And this is just yet another indictment because of what a former teammate of Russell Wilson's had to say. So how does that frame what we expect to see from Russell Wilson moving forward? Nothing good. Nothing good. Yeah, it seems with Russ very performative at times. It seems like he is more concerned about the brand, Russ, than than the player. How are you going to sit there and have a catchphrase that's let's ride, but then behind the scenes you're not galvanizing your team? You're not riding with your teammates. You're not going to hang like, out You're saying teammates. let's ride, but we ain't riding together. You know, and, that's, and this is what I think. <laughs> let's ride, but you can get an Uber. <laughs> I'll be in the Sprinter. <laughs> well, you know, I'm glad you said it that way about the celebrity. Like, to me, there's a part of this. Then I look at it and I say, once you're great at that position, it's the biggest sport in our country. (laughs) It's the biggest position in that sport in that country. Mm -hmm. You become a celebrity when you're a great quarterback. Yes, and that's fair. And And Tom Brady never let it affect him the way that Russ has. But but what did Bill Parcells say a long time ago? Beware of the celebrity quarterback. And Russell Wilson has fell in love with the lore of Russell Wilson, Danger Russ, and the brand. And that's why Sean Payton said, you need to get back to playing quarterback. And I don't know that Russell Wilson – can walk back what he's become in NFL circles now. Like, it's going to be hard to challenge the credibility of a lot of guys that have had a lot of negative things to say about him moving forward. That's why I don't anticipate things getting back on track in Denver. Well, Russ may have committed a cardinal sin in sports, right? Not being that great putting yourself Putting yourself above your team, yep. Well, coming up, have all of James Harden's sins finally caught up to him? We'll get to that next. It's on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit... Your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It is Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. 
You can be a part of the Unsportsmanlike Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line at 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. ESPN Nation presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper the ones fans deserve. And what you can weigh in on on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Loudest sporting event or loudest event you've ever been to. As Pat Costello, one of our producers, was at the Phillies game last night closing out the Marlins. Said it was his third loudest <laughs> sporting event of his life. He has them ranked just ready to go. Yeah, and I'm surprised it was wasn't the NFC Championship game from the 2017 season when his Eagles go on to the Super Bowl yeah. and then they win it? Like I, I thought maybe that he wasn't would be, at that. I thought that would was be one at, of the moments. Were you, Pat, were you at that moment? I was not. Okay. You weren't. Okay. Okay. But you know what's funny? Smalls yeah. had hers ranked too with David Freeze and then a, and a hockey game with the Blues. Yeah. We had to come up with ours, but I guess maybe more people are probably like Pat out there at eight 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 say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six loudest event. We had to say event because it could be a concert, right? Too, sure. I guess that you've ever been to. Uh, it wasn't that loud in Colorado yesterday. <laughs> Oddly enough, at least for now, with James Harden, he did show up to Sixers camp, although I've now had this crazy theory. Does he show up, now leave for 29 days, come back, spend a day, leave for 29 days? Why am I saying, why? Why would he do that? Why am I saying 29 days? So per the NBPA and the rules and everything and the bar- collective bargaining, you can't be away from the team for more than 30 days. Or else your contract basically does not end at the end of the year and you still are not a free agent. So does he do the 129 away, 120? I mean, technically you could do that, I guess. Man, that would be career suicide. That would be, and that's Which the. It would be th- great for us, though. Well, it'd be great for <laughs> us, but that's that's the fine line that James Harden has to walk here because if it's about being able to get to your bag and being able to get a contract beyond this upcoming season, paying you the kind of money that you're looking for then you got to be a good teammate. This is a team that has championship aspirations, albeit unrealistic based on the moves we saw from the Celtics and the Bucs. But this, they have the third shortest odds of anybody in the Eastern Conference to get to the NBA Finals. If you're James Harden, you're playing alongside an MVP. You have a great basketball opportunity. And anybody that would want to bring you in, that would be a team that you would look to go to, that could be competitive – they're going to want to see you be a good teammate even when things don't go your way. And James Harden has shown us the opposite. When things don't go his way, when it was in Houston at the end, when it was at Brooklyn at the end, this guy is going to be disruptive. He's going to be as loud as possible, operating under the premise that the squeaky wheel gets the grease. And he's gotten what he's wanted because of how good he's been. But guess what? He's not the same player that he was in Brooklyn and Philly now. He's not the same player in Philly that he was in Houston. It's not the same guy. In the 11 playoff games that the Sixers had, this dude shot under 30% in six of them. He, he had four games where he had five or more turnovers. It's not the same James Harden that we saw in Houston or Brooklyn. And that's why Daryl Morey in the organization shouldn't have nearly the kind of tolerance that we've seen other organizations have with James in the past. When someone shows you who they are, believe them. And we know who James Harden is. And if you're another team, you know what type of a player he is. You also know what type of person he is. You know how this story is going to end. And I'm just wondering if this time is different because I don't know if I'm another organization how desirable I, I perceive James Harden to be. Well, uh, Stephen A. Smith on first take yesterday on ESPN had this to say about James Harden's next stop. Respectfully, no one should pursue him. There are certain landing spots I'd love to, I would love to see him in Miami uh, because I think they need somebody with his skill set. He led the league in assists last year. We talk about James Harden like he's not still an all-star caliber player. He's not three-time scoring champion that he once was, but he is a big-time player. He's an all-star. 
Um, and he would definitely help them because of his ability to make shots and to play in that system. I actually think he needs Miami. He really, really does. That level of structure with an organization that he respects, that you can't get away with some of the shenanigans that he's engaged in. And I say that respectfully because I'm a fan of James Harden as a person and a player. I'm not a fan, doggy, of what I've seen him do. So I just want to be clear. Stephen A. said James Harden needs Miami, needs the organization, needs to go to Miami. Are we talking about the Heat or a club there? <laughs> I mean, like, because he never technically said the Heat. Uh-huh. So maybe it's just James Harden, known partier. Yeah. Right? Now, I'm not saying he's doing anything illegal or wrong. No, but he's known to frequent your local gentleman's establishment. You that's said what, it, that's I what, didn't, and I agree what, with you. Listen, this guy's got his jersey hanging up in some of those places. <laughs> It's retired. <laughs> That's what they I'm retired saying. The <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he the real MVP when he walked in there. But seriously though, that like But Stephen A never said the heat. He's no. a good he teammate there. The no, he meant he, he okay, meant, just making I think, sure I think he meant the heat. But you I know think what, he Steve, it's funny he said that and I'm thinking to myself, okay, so he suggested we're all agreeing that whether we like James Harden or would want James Harden, he's a star, right? He's a star player. Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, how many other stars in all of sports could you look at and say no one should pursue? I came up with one, and it's his ex-teammate, and that's Kyrie Irving. I could not come up with one additional star in sports. Maybe you'd say Russell Wilson now after our previous conversation. Sure. But that's a rare thing to say. And think about that. We're mentioning them in the same breath. James Harden has become that mercurial. That, that's the perception of who he is. It's not about winning with him. It's about getting his way. And if things can go left with Daryl Morey, who's done as much for James Harden as anybody in the NBA has— Think about how it would go if he, James doesn't get his way with another GM that doesn't have nearly as much skin in the game. Well, I, but, would, I would argue that Daryl Morey loved James Harden, the basketball player, more than any executive loved any player in any sport. And that includes Bob Myers, the then GM of the Warriors, his feelings towards Steph Curry. That would include Bill Belichick towards Tom Brady. No, no, no. I would say Bill Belichick, Lawrence Taylor, Bill Parcells, Lawrence Taylor. They, they love, yeah. they love okay, him. Gotcha. They love, they so love. think yeah, about yeah, what we're talking yeah, yeah. about. <laughs> the greatest defensive player, per you, yes. a former NFL player yeah. of all time, is loved Equally to the way that Maury loved Hart, and and Maury was wrong to love him that way. Yeah. He actually brought him nothing. But here's the crazy thing about the James Harden situation: if he didn't want to be in Philly this year, he didn't have to be. I know he didn't have to pick up you his option. In, you decided you wanted to pick up your option. And no, but said, that confirms Stephen A.'s point that he thought nobody but, would but, pay but him. But that's but that's my point though. Like that now, James Harden has to change the perception of who he is and what he's about in addition to having a kind of on-court production when it matters the most and not pulling no-shows in postseason games. Like, he's had his moments like game one in that series against the Celtics when he goes off for 40-plus when Joel Embiid doesn't play. That's a great moment, but they're too infrequent, and that is the issue with James. Ironically enough with this situation, the biggest leverage that James Harden has in this situation is making sure things don't go left so Joel Embiid wants to be traded. The, the biggest leverage that he has has nothing to do with his play. For him, in Philly, it's more about making sure that things don't go left because he can look at the Sixers and say, I can make it really uncomfortable for you, and that makes you, puts you in an uncomfortable position with Joel Embiid. Now, that path doesn't get to James getting his money, and so I think that's why he's chosen to play nice in the sandbox, at least early on in training camp. But I don't think anything has changed with his relationship with Daryl Morey or the Sixers organization. He still wants out. There's power in that, though, in knowing that his actions affect Joel Embiid and sure. therefore impact the organization. But I don't think he's going to get what he wants this time. 
And I'm really interested to see how this plays out. I agree with you because I think Daryl Morey's going to wait for a star to come back in a deal like he did with Ben Simmons for James Harden. I don't think there's a star <laughs> no, coming no, no, back no, in this no, deal. No, 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 no. Way. No, no, no the way. Be- the best thing you can hope for is cap space. It's the best thing well, you can expiring hope for. Co- yeah, which that's they the have thing. after this season. Yeah, that's what, but have. I'm saying you can trade James Harden for other players that, that amount to the salary in, in clear cap. That, that's the best you can hope for right now. 888-SAY-ESPN is the telephone number to be a part of the show by way of the Dr. Pepper Call in line. Of course, you can weigh in on the loudest sporting event you've ever been to after our producer, Pat Costello, is celebrating his Phillies last night, big win over the Marlins. He was at the game and said it was the third loudest sporting event he has ever been to. Coming up, when will players realize you can't go against us as fans? We'll get to that next on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It is Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. You can watch us on ESPN2, ESPNU. Listen to us on Sirius XM80 and all the great ESPN radio stations across the country as well as the ESPN app. Smalls is all upset because our Cardinals are not in the postseason this year. So we figured out a way of getting the Cardinals in by just using the term Cardinal sin today. Mm-hmm. So it feels like after all four series and 2 nothing yesterday in Major League Baseball, with all the coverage, of course, restarting on Saturday here on ESPN Radio, we figured, can we get the Cardinals in there, right? Mm-hmm. So it's a Cardinal sin for Russell Wilson to treat his teammates, I guess, the way that Marshawn Lynch said. It's a Cardinal sin to acquire James Harden per Stephen A. Smith. And now we may have another Cardinal sin here with Evan Neal. He is an offensive tackle for the New York Giants, played at Alabama. He is someone that was drafted in the top 10 of the NFL draft a couple of years ago, number seven overall in the 2020 draft. Giants are not good. You heard CeCe there say that they're basically done, the team he played for, and he is credited or blamed, however you want to look at it, the offensive line for the last however many years is one of the reasons. Well, this guy plays on the offensive line. He talked to uh, NJ Advanced Media on Wednesday, and Evan Neal said the following. He said, they were booing us, so I said boo louder. Why would a lion concern himself with the opinion of a sheep? The person that's commenting on my performance, what does he do, Neal said, flip hot dogs and hamburgers somewhere, end quote. Now, a couple things. First of all, What's wrong with flipping hot dogs and hamburgers if it gets you a job and it's a moral, ethical job? I hate when not people a, do not that. Not a damn thing. Not a damn thing. If, if we get fired tomorrow, I'll go flip hot dogs and hamburgers so I can provide for my family. No problem with that. Correct. I wouldn't eat the hot dogs and hamburgers that I'm cooking with <laughs> <on> someone, <laughs> but I would do it. Right. right. My dad always said to me, if I lost my job immediately, drive a cab, whatever it is, I'm getting a job. There's nothing wrong with driving a cab. Flipping hamburgers and hot dogs. That's number one. So I don't like demeaning people that way. Yeah. Right. That's number one. Number two. 
We have seen this so many times. If you're an athlete, part of the job, even for us, part of the job is having the ability to take it. We put ourselves out there. We're going to take punches in a way that other people are not. If you put yourself in front of the public eye, it's part of the gig. Most people would sign up to get millions upon millions of dollars that Evan Neal gets to get booed. You even said you want to get booed. You said it yesterday. <laughs> Go back on the ESPN app and listen to our podcast. This seems out of line. Yeah, he's out of pocket. And, and with the analogy that he gave between lions and sheep, I'm trying to figure out which one is he. Because based <laughs> on what I saw on, on, on Monday night against the Seahawks, he looked like the, the latter and not the former. Like that, that's the part of this that makes it tough to defend Evan Neal. If it was solely about poor play, okay, cool. I could point to Andrew Thomas's early struggles, the all-pro left tackle for the New York Giants, who was also an SEC guy. I could point to him and say, there's going to be hope that Evan Neal will be able to turn it around. He'll be able to figure out the more game reps he gets. As a former player, I can't defend you when you do this. Like, like this is a part of the job. The, the reason why we get paid what we get paid is because the fans love what we do, the interest in the sport, the media coverage, the fan engagement. Th- that's a part of what makes the NFL great. At the end of it, it's a sports entertainment product. Like, why, why would you alienate your fan base by belittling them in this way? That, that, that's completely out of bounds. Now, to, on a personal note, Good friend of mine, Joe Ruback, he goes by license plate guy. He's always at Giants games. He's got the necklace with all of the license plates on. He actually took to Instagram yesterday, and he posted something. Now, this is a guy that's a school teacher at the Biondi School in Yonkers, New York. He spends his hard-earned money on Giants season tickets. He's a family man, but he can only afford one season ticket for every game, and he goes to home and away games. And he rents wow. the car. He buys his wow. own flights. Like this, this is a school teacher now. He goes to every single Giants game, home and away, sits right behind the bench. Th- these are the people that are riding with you, and these are the people that you're disrespecting with your comments. Folks that spend their hard-earned money to come and watch you play. And when you stink up the joint, they're going to let you know about it. But it's not because they hate you. It's because they want you to do better. And they believe you can do better, or at least they hope you can do better. I don't understand why you want to turn on these people, the folks that actually support you and allow you to have the quality of life that you have. I, I, I don't get it. It's, it's ridiculous. You can never win as a player when you start attacking the media and you start attacking the fan base. The only way you win in their eyes is going out and winning on the field. Until you do that, they don't want to hear a damn thing from you. Sometimes you have to look at what someone is really saying and or decipher what's really going on. And I don't think in this instance that he's actually upset that people are booing him. I think you're seeing how insecure he is about the state of the team right now and the state of his performance. Because if you were that guy, you would take those boos and you would use it as motivation. No doubt. You would go to your teammates and you would say, this is unacceptable. We cannot have our fans be feeling this way. You hear them booing us? We need to make sure we turn those boos into cheers. And instead, what are you doing? You go out there and publicly rip the people that make you relevant. Respectfully, I don't know what you're doing. This isn't it. I will say, he has since apologized, right? Nobody's going to acknowledge or remember the apology as as much as they're going to remember the initial thing. If I was working with Evan Neal as his agent or marketing person, I would call Shake Shack or somebody, and I'd get him some sort of day where he'd be flipping burgers and hot dogs in a store, in a restaurant, to make this into something more relatable. I don't think they're going to do that. I think this is going to be a big problem for this guy. 888-SAY-ESPN to jump in on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Let's talk with Brian in North Carolina listening on 99.9 in North Carolina. What's up, Brian? 
Listen, I got to talk to the Super Bowl champ. I need his help with something. What up, B? All right, listen, man. Lifelong Giants fan. Brother, my youngest, when she was three months old, you guys won the Super Bowl. So I've been a Giants fan forever. My wife is born and raised in Philadelphia. Her whole family are Eagles fans. They are putting the heat on me so hard to try to come over right now. And think, and I'm not considering it, but just think about this. they got an amazing quarterback that's going to put us in the doghouse for the next 15 years. They've created the greatest name of a play, maybe in the history of sports, the brotherly <laughs> shove. And, oh, by the way, the Phillies are great. The Yankees stink like, bro, they're coming at me hard, and it's, it's tough right now. I need your help. Brian, I know you bleed blue just like me, and i got to ask you a question. Which one do you love more? Your team or your daughter? <laughs> I know, I know. Which one I do you love more? Uh, exactly. Mama, so, so if you love if you Mama's love your daughter, sometimes T-shirts. Yeah, listen. Oh. Sometimes it requires a sacrifice. Look at the last decade of Giants football, and look at the last decade of Eagles football. It, it ain't it ain't a real choice. Just let her go on over to the dark side, and in those quiet moments when the Giants are playing early games because they're out of it, and the Eagles have primetime games, you can go in your man cave, put on your Giants jersey, and root by yourself for your team, while also knowing that your daughter can enjoy her sports fandom because she's rooting for a winner. Yeah, I'll tell you, as the biggest front runner there is, I even think there's something wrong with that. You can't go from a Giants fan to an Eagles fan. You can't do that. No, I'm not saying he's going for it. He's talking about his daughter. No, I know, they're trying to recruit him. They're trying to, to train, recruit to him to join them. No, 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 no. He can't do that. Well, that's what he was saying no, but, to but, you. But you just, I gave him the solution. Like, they're, they're, the Giants are going to be playing a lot of early games because they're irrelevant. When you said that he was going to go in his man cave and watch the team alone, I thought you were going to say, put on the jersey and cry. Well, I mean, <laughs> or that too. That's why you do it alone, because nobody needs to know what's happening in your glass case of emotions while you're watching your team. We've been silent. Yeah, exactly. We've but, but he needs to let his daughter go ahead and be an Eagles fan. Oh, of course. Be an Eagles, but be should a Philly, he be, hop be a, over there? Be a no, Philly sports no, fan. No, no. You can't do that. You can't. No, he can't Let do the that. daughter be the Eagles fan. You stay as the Giants fan. Yeah. Coming up, are the Steelers and Ravens the best rivalry in football? We'll get to that next. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.